Hi, welcome to What Are the Tax Implications? I'm Ron Scott. I'm Jeff Rosenthal. We are your first call tax advocates here once again to help increase your financial and tax knowledge. On our next episode, we'll be talking to a small business owner who has large fixed costs, but unfortunately lower income. So their question was, what are the tax implications if I have large losses? Our next caller got one of those letters, uh, you know, ignored, 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 and is now dealing with an intent to levy. What are the tax implications when the IRS intends to levy? And lastly, we have a caller who is laid off, can't pay their bills, but they have a large qualified plan, meaning they got a lot of money in their 401k. They're not ready to retire. But if they withdrew the money, what are the tax implications? Whether you're the CEO of your household or of your business, questions constantly arise regarding the tax consequences of your financial circumstance. First Call Tax Advocates is always here to answer your questions and offer educational background regarding the potential tax implications of your action. Ron and Jeff are your first responders. They are board certified financial and tax professionals with over 60 years of experience. Please visit their website, firstcalltaxadvocates.com. That's firstcalltaxadvocates.com. Learn more about them, explore their resources, and leave a review of your experience. For more urgent matters, please call them toll free at 833-568-8999. That's 833-568-8999. The topics and responses discussed here are intended for general education. Our discussions are not intended to give you advice on your specific situation. We would advise you to seek advice from a competent and licensed professional. Tax law is always evolving and our discussions are based on the law existing to date. Question number one comes from Violet from Port St. Lucie, Florida. Violet is the owner of a small business who has been affected by the pandemic. She has income coming in, but not as much as under normal circumstances, but it's those high fixed costs that are causing a problem. She's forecasting a major loss this year. What are the tax implications? Ooh, Violet, first of all, I'm sorry. Um, But again, you're not in this boat alone. There are a lot of other businesses with the same kind of issue. Uh, General accounting rules are you add up your income and you subtract your expenses. And if you have a profit, you pay tax on it. If you have a loss, you use that loss to offset other income that you might have for the current year. So I'm able to... Uh, deducts those losses, does that generate a credit or a refund? Can I get a refund back? Indeed you can. At the end of the day, your adjusted gross income and by extension, your taxable income determine whether or not you owe money or don't owe money. And it is possible that that could trigger 
a number of tax credits, negative credits if you have children, or if you paid in payments into the government, you can get them back. Absolutely. But for my business, if I have net operating losses, can I get a credit where I get a refund from the government for my net operating losses? Well, not directly, but as I said, if you paid in money and you have zero taxable income, then you would get that money back. If you still have losses, those losses then would be called net operating losses, and the NOL rules will apply, and uh, they are currently revised thanks to the CARES Act, and you could bring money back or you could the losses back to a previous year, or you could bring them forward wherever you're going to get the most advantage to give you the cash flow to continue to run your business. So let's um, talk about a little bit of history. So net operating losses had the opportunity to be carried forward or carried backwards. That's what the old law was. The Tax Cuts and Jobs Act came in in late. It was enacted December 22nd, 2017 to start for most aspects of it on January 1st, 2018. One of the elements of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act was no more carry backs. You cannot apply losses to prior years anymore. Now, that was the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. So here we fast forward to 2020 with all that's going on. And there was a modification to this part of the tax code, which now is allowing you to adjust 2019, 2020, and 2021, right? If you're wanting to apply any any carry back losses. So if you have losses in 2020, you can carry them back. If you have losses in 2021, you can carry them back. You could always carry forward. And the number of years of carrying forward for net operating losses is, you know, who, we're going to have to check the tax code on that. It could be I believe indefinitely, it's right? I think yes, it is. It's there was just checking if there was a modification that was done that slipped in because the tax code is so fluid. And that brings up a very interesting point of how tax law keeps changing, uh, particularly with business losses and net operating losses. This subject has been changed so many times over the number of years, depending upon public policy and the economy, that uh, probably it will be changed a couple more dozen times before I retire. So, Violet, um, make sure that you discuss with your tax preparation professional what to do in advance so that you could be prepared to apply uh, whatever the rules are for you. Our next caller, Michaela from Michigan, she didn't answer the letters. She didn't respond to the IRS. More and more certified letters came in. And then she opens the last one. It was the intent to levy letter. Now, we've discussed in the past uh, different types of letters one may receive this episode, we're going to focus on the intent to levy. This is where they want to seize your assets. So, Michaela, you want to know, 
What are the tax implications of that intent to levy letter? Well, Michaela, you cannot do what you've already done to get you into this scenario, which is to ignore or don't take serious these letters. You must take action now. So what I would recommend, because you have a formal intent to levy, is that you contact a competent professional to assist you. Um, there are methods and procedures to deal with that. And depending upon how many days since your receipt of the letter will determine how immediate the urgent actions that you must take are. So, Jeff, I've seen these letters before, and they usually ask for information about your current financial situation. This sounds pretty serious. They, they ask for, they being the IRS, are asking for your, your assets, your liabilities, your income, your expenses. Why do they need that information? Well... First of all, the government asks you as part of uh, compliance to see how reputable and ethical you are because they already know some of that information from their own research and their own records. If you have assets and you properly tell them, then it says you're, you're reasonably compliant. If you have assets and hide them and don't tell them and they discover them, then they're not going to be very flexible and cooperative with you. So they ask for this information. Should I, should, hey, I being Michaela, should I just give the information to the IRS? Or might I pause? Is there a best practice for dealing with this aspect of intent to levy? Well, one size doesn't fit all here. And a competent professional would be able to figure out uh, the best methodology. Number one, if you got the letter yesterday and you're acting today, you have a little bit of breathing room for de developing a strategy and an approach. If you got the letter three weeks ago or six weeks ago, then a competently licensed professional needs to call the IRS and ask for more time uh, and to do a, a temporary freeze until we could do all of those other steps. Jeff, I know a lot of very, very competent business owners, individuals, professionals who know how to communicate clearly. Why can't they just call the IRS themselves? Well, taxation, like many foreign languages, is another language. And if you don't speak it, then you really don't know the legal and accounting terms or the methods that are necessary in order to get you to a better result. You could get to a result, but it might not be the best or the optimal result. So the intent to levy letter is a serious letter to respond to. There is a process to, to discuss this formally with the, with the IRS. It makes sense to have a professional advocate for you. And I'll give you a quick example. So you're driving down the road and you're speeding. And there's a bunch of cars speeding with you. And there's no problem. There's no hazard, right? You know how to control your car. You've done this before. And then you get pulled over and all of those other speeding cars just fly away. You're pulled over and you say to the officer, why did you pull me over? 
I was keeping up with the flow of traffic. All those other people were speeding. Why did you pick me? Jeff, if somebody says something like that, an admission of guilt, it's going to be pretty tough for them to beat that speeding ticket, right? Absolutely, because other people are breaking the law along with you does not give you any special rights. You were still breaking the law and you got caught. So now with regard to discussing your matters directly with the IRS, let's say you are well-versed in your tax returns through the years and they're questioning some deductions you have made last year because that was the tax year in question. And you make this statement. You know, I've been taking that deduction every year for the last 10 years. Jeff, what has that person just done? You've now opened up all of those years for review. So why would you have done that? This is why you need a competently licensed and experienced professional to not hide, not conceal, but to represent you in the best possible way. In closing, Michaela... Reach out to a competent professional to discuss this matter. Intent to levy is serious. They want to seize your assets to pay your tax liability. Good luck, Michaela. Remember, the First Call Tax Advocates, Ron and Jeff, are your first responders. Board certified professionals, over 60 years of experience. Visit their website, firstcalltaxadvocates.com. That's firstcalltaxadvocates.com. Learn more, explore, and leave a review. For more urgent matters, call them toll-free at 833-568-8999. That's 833-568-8999. And for you subscribers, we offer a complimentary consultation to discuss your tax matter. We've got a call from Larry from Lincoln, Nebraska. Larry wants to know, can he access any of his retirement money? So Larry is younger than 59 and a half, uh, has been affected by loss of income, can still pay his bills with unemployment and whatever other liquid savings. But his question is, can I withdraw money from my 401k? And what are the tax implications? Oh, boy, Larry. Uh, we're sorry about your difficulties. Uh, yes, you can take money out of your 401k. There are special rules, but hardship rules always existed about pulling money out of your 401k. But there are um, COVID-19 hardship clarifications. You can certainly take out up to $100,000 under the hardship rules. You do have to pay that money back into the plan uh, over a two-year period. Uh, uh, and, you know, before you take that money as a financial planner, my advice, Ron's advice would be sit down Try and work out a, a flow chart of where your income is going to be and what your expenses are going to be. Use the money wisely and don't take one penny more than you need to do. So words matter, Jeff. I guess we need to clean, us, clean this up. Larry, you have to look at what your plan offers for loans or in-service withdrawals. 
Words matter. So, Jeff, regarding a loan from a 401k, the old rule, my understanding was 50000 or uh, was it the greater of or the lesser of 50000 or 50%. That is correct. So now, talking about a loan from a 401k, the COVID-19 relief via the CARES Act allows us to borrow how much out of our 401k? Up to a maximum of 100000 Okay. So there's some relief. I don't know, Larry, if that's as much money as you need to borrow. But you can, if your plan allows, you can take out a loan uh, and your benefits administration will be able to help you. What about in-service withdrawals? So that's the, where the hardship comes in, right, Jeff? Absolutely. Normally, in-service money is not allowed to be taken out because you're still currently employed. Now, some plans allow for in-service withdrawals of money that you are vested in. And again, it's plan-specific. But most of the time, it's not easy to take out money that you put in. So you have to go through a hardship withdrawal application. In the past, you could uh, take money out for uh, medical expenses, for, uh, you know, expenses above and beyond normal. Um, But in this case, because of the pandemic, there's been a special modification to that. But there are some some new rules added to this, right, Jeff, with regard to the payback? There is. Or maybe not the payback, that's the loan, sorry, um, for the qualification of the hardship. Yeah, you have to certify to the plan administrator the COVID-19 complications, how that hardship is COVID-19 related. You just don't get to take money out. You actually have to demonstrate your COVID-19 expenses. So there could be a lot of work to just get use of this money, whether it's an in-service withdrawal or even a loan. But bear in mind, if you borrow money or withdraw money from a bucket intended to be accessed years from now, think about the time value of money and the loss of all of that growth and value. And now you don't have money working and cooking and compounding for you in the future. So, Larry, you may want to consider, if possible, tapping into the qualified plan as a last resort. You can do it, but there are tax implications. But more importantly, there could be some life issues. Later on in life, you'd probably really need to have the that money and its growth. Good luck, Larry. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. You probably have additional questions, don't you? We are your first call. Remember, everyone's situation is unique, but we should be your first call. We are your first responders. The 911 operator doesn't call you. Please call us toll-free at 833-568-8999. Again, 833-568-8999. And visit our website at firstcalltaxadvocates.com. We'd love to know what you've learned today. 
so please leave a review on our website. We have attempted to appeal to a broad audience, but we want to help everyone if we can. On our next episode, we'll be answering questions about mortgage interest, deducting your mortgage interest, what the rules are, and what are the tax implications. Additionally, we'll be hearing from a very unhappy, innocent spouse. She didn't know what was going on, and all of a sudden, there's a very, very large tax liability. What recourse does she have? And lastly, we'll segue into a discussion on the filing statuses of married filing jointly versus married filing separately. What are the pros and cons?